Isn't it funny? All the things that show up when we're meditating. All the different things. How we resist and struggle. How we fall asleep, avoid. How we have all these desires we confront. All of our expectations that we meet up with. All the fantasies that we wish. All this goes on right during meditation. And all of that is always there, creating that experience of separation. And yet all we have to do, really, is just to let go. Literally, just to let go. As soon as we're willing to let go, that door can open. That spiritual door, that spiritual eye right here. It's up to us to participate in the actions that allow it to open and that open it. And that's what that sacred name does. Whether it's the hue or anahue or the sacred name of initiation, that opens that door so that we can be filled with light. And I don't mean it in an esoteric or metaphysical way. I mean it is a true living experience. It's actually very practical. It's not some mystical, metaphysical thing out there. It's life itself and the way that it works. It's literally a science. It is literally a science. This action of meditation as it's always been taught upon the path of sound and light. In any age by any teacher who teaches this practice, it is always the same. But it's up to us to put it to action so that that door does open. And that's all we have to do is open that door. And then God takes care of the rest. That's why it's called let go and let God. It's that simple. But even often after we open the door and we begin to let God, well, then we see that inner light. We hear the inner sounds. We feel that movement of loving and peace that overcomes us. And we wish we would never leave that and it would always be that way. Then all of a sudden, the next moment, it's gone. Just like that, and the door's shut again. And then we go, okay, I hit it for a moment. What did I do? Let me refocus and open that door again. And it opens, we see that purple light, that golden white light, and we feel that peace and loving move in us and through us again. I know that's a rush, isn't it? Sometimes it really is a rush. Other times it's very gentle and subtle. It doesn't matter how it is. What matters is that we hold ourselves in that place by which we can experience that. And that's all we have to do in meditation. We're not trying to make things happen. We're not trying to create anything other than opening that door and giving God the space to live us. Because in truth, who are we? But the living, loving expression of God itself. That's what the soul is. That's who we are. 
And so all we have to do is give ourselves that opportunity to create the space to allow ourselves to awaken to the truth that already is. We're not creating or doing anything new or different here. We're really just awakening to what is and always has been and always will be. And then we're ever just coming back to that simple action we call meditation to continue doing that, not only on a daily basis, but even moment to moment. That's why you often hear me say, once that door is open, it's up to you to keep it open. Even when your eyes are open and you go about the day, meditation teaches us how to do that. But even when we open our eyes and get up from that action of meditation while we're sitting or laying down, to now keep the action of meditation going as we're moving throughout the day, moment by moment, holding a focus here, at least to some degree, because of course we need to hold a focus to some level to get things done in the physical that we need to. But at the very same time, we can also be holding our attention at the seat of the soul and allowing that door to spirit to be open so that that light of loving can continue moving in us and through us. Let the eye be single and open the body shall be filled with light. So let your body be filled with light all day long. And that continues even into the dream state when we go to sleep. That action that we've opened to now continues. That's that action we call the river of loving. That as that movement or river of loving continues that we stay in that flow. And what we're doing is just opening and awakening, allowing ourselves to really not only experience, but truly know and live the truth of what is taking place all the time. Because it has nothing to do with time or space. It is the movement of spirit itself. And all we're doing is awakening to that movement. That's it. That's why we do this in the gatherings, is have some time to do the meditation so that we can have the experience as well as talk and share about it. And hopefully, even as you're listening now with your eyes open or closed, that you're still keeping that door open to allow yourself to keep experiencing that movement of loving. To me, a lot of our sharings here when we do talk is really just to continue providing a focus so that as you listen to myself or Jim, that in holding that focus, that you keep that door open to spirit to allow that loving to continue moving in you and through you. And that's a lot of all we need to do. If we allow that to take place, God truly does handle the rest. But then the rest of it is also beginning to learn and be aware of the actions, the things that we do or think or feel 
that either bring us into alignment and into that movement of loving or those things that bring us out of that alignment and create, often we'll call it a distraction where we just simply turn away. Simply just turning away. As we've heard Jim share many times when he first learned about the word sin and looking it up in a dictionary, that it simply meant to turn away from. And that's all we've done, is turned our focus away from the source, from God. And all we're doing in meditation is turning our attention back towards God. So continue that action of meditation, even with your eyes open, so that you ever do stay focused on that source. And it is simply that focus that opens the door and keeps the door open to allow it to live us. And that's really all we have to do. It's funny because in that movement of loving, everything we need to know is right there. Right in the moment, whatever we need is provided. It's right there in the moment. It is only in the moment. It is not at any other time or place. Just this moment, right here, right now, this moment. That's all we ever have to return to. So whenever we find ourselves distracted and trying to think, because I know a lot of us go into meditation asking God for the answers. Okay, what do I do here? What decisions do I make? What direction do I go with my physical life? See, that's an action of the mind. That's the ego, this animal nature, wanting to have the answers so that it feels safe and secure and to know that it's going to be okay. We're all wanting to know that. The challenge is every time that kicks up inside of us and ever seeking and wanting to know that, it actually gets in the way now and once again closes that door. Literally, those thoughts close that door to spirit. And then when we feel that door closed, what happens? Well, we go into emotional reaction because we, some part of us knows the door to life itself is closed. It's not really fully closed. Think about it. If it was, we'd be dead. Okay, so just like any door frame, there's little, it seeps through the door, okay? We're just not aware of it. Like I said, this is really just about awareness and awakening. But it's that action of awakening that is so important to really return, as we say, back into that kingdom from which we've come. The place we call the soul realm, the true home of the soul. That's where it can reside in its oneness with God. But there is this process and understanding that these thoughts we have, these emotions we have, these physical needs of keeping the body alive. They're important to take care of, but understand how they can also distract or shut the door to that awareness and movement of loving. And that truly the most important thing is awakening to that divine truth. We don't realize that, but in truth, that's what everybody's doing and seeking in the world. All the actions we take, all the thoughts we have, all the feelings, all the fantasies and the imagination 
are ever truly seeking to know that divine, we simply are looking in the wrong places. You know that song, looking for love in all the wrong places? That's what it is. All we've done is turned away from the source. We're looking in the mind to answer it. We're looking in the feelings and emotions to answer it. We're looking in our imagination and the fantasies to answer it. We're looking into the world and our physical experience to answer it. What is it we're trying to answer in all of that? What is the it that we are trying to answer? That's a good question. Maybe it's time to look and ask ourselves. That's why we share in here eventually it's in that asking that we also begin to open doors in our consciousness to allow. But the answer is not really information. The answer really is the experience of the divine. When we begin to wake up and experience our divinity, that answers all things. The nice thing is, as I was saying a moment ago, that everything you need and want to know truly is in that movement of loving. So when you allow yourself to be present in that loving, what you need to know and want, truly want from the soul level is there. Haven't you noticed at times that you do have these awarenesses, you feel that movement of spirit, and all of a sudden you have an awareness and a knowing of even the things you need to do to take care of yourself physically? Hasn't that showed up for you? That's often how it'll work. When there is a physical need or a mental or an emotional need, when it's time, as if you say in God's timing, that that does come about and brings an answer of some sort, whether it is some physical experience or whether it's just simply calming the emotions or bringing peace to the mind so that we feel better about ourselves and our situations and circumstances in life, Again, that's all we're looking for, some sense of satisfaction. Oh, what is that other song, Can't Get No Satisfaction? What is it, music night? <laughs> but that's why we're ever searching and chasing around whatever it is we're chasing around in this world. It's funny because when you start to realize that or even just take it on faith and begin to work with that action of meditation. Give yourself the chance, in other words, that you'll begin to discover that for yourself. And then, it's kind of funny because often you'll slow down. You won't necessarily stop your chase in this world as long as you have a body, but you'll begin to find yourself slowing down your chase in the world. It's funny because often people we hear say, oh my God, I'm becoming so boring. My friends think I'm boring. I don't want to do anything anymore. All I want to do is meditate or go on a retreat or go to class and have more quiet time with myself. Well, that often is what shows up because once you realize everything you're looking for really is within you, then what is there the need to go chasing after in the world for? 
And so we begin to have quieter lives, more simple or peaceful or boring, as people like to say. But heck, if it's boring or quiet, maybe you have more time to really spend inside meditating now. I always like to share with people, do what you can to meditate 10% of the day. Two and a half hours almost. 10% of the day, do what you can. Ever striving towards that. Give yourself the opportunity and see what awakens inside of you. And see what changes in your life. Because there will be changes, but those changes will happen simply as an action that unfolds from that door opening and allowing that river of loving to move in you and through you. I always say go for that. There's all kinds of things to do in this world, all kinds of service opportunities to participate in, all kinds of metaphysical, metaphysical things to learn about, all kinds of this and that to do, even on a spiritual or religious level, so to speak. But sooner or later, you realize a lot of it's a distraction. Give yourself the time to actually spend in meditation. And that's where you're going to really discover what it is you're seeking for in doing all the things you're doing in the world. But also with that, notice it's only 10% of the day. 10% of the day, the true law of tithing. It's all God asks is 10%. Well, you've got 90% of the rest of the day to do with in whatever way serves you. Notice I didn't say as you please. Well, you could do that, but... There are things that we need to do that serve us while we're here in this world, such as taking care of the body, feeding it, giving it rest, doing what we need to do in the world to survive, but to also have experience here. That's why we're here. In experiencing this world, we're learning about the tree of knowledge. Yep, the whole story of Adam and Eve. There's a garden that garden, where was there? The tree of life and the tree of knowledge. And so here we are experiencing the tree of life. We bit the apple. And here we are experiencing now what comes with it. That's not a bad thing. So part of that is to let go of the judgments of saying, oh my God, I bit the apple. I've sinned. I'm ashamed. I'm a bad person. That's why a lot of this action is simply forgiving ourselves for all that shame or sin. Forgiving ourselves for taking a bite of that apple. Or maybe some of us like the apple, so we ate the whole thing. But regardless, at some point, we've got to acknowledge and honor the experience of having made the choice to be here in this world because in that acknowledgement and honoring is where we're going to fulfill it. It doesn't get fulfilled by us judging it and fearing it and trying to push it away, making it wrong or ourselves wrong or bad. That just creates more separation and pain. And it's the separation and pain that keeps us trapped here. That's what keeps the soul in bondage and attached 
to this creation of time and space. That's why it is a process of forgiveness, of letting go. That's a part of us taking responsibility for our choices. And as we are willing to take responsibility, well, we're going to learn then through our experience of all that's taken place. And in that is the fulfillment. It's not a process of getting rid of or clearing our karma. It is a process of acknowledging, of experiencing, of learning, of awakening. That's the fulfillment. It's a very gentle, simple action and process in how it unfolds. It's just confusing inside of us because we've learned to live a certain way in this world, which is pretty much like living if you were looking in a mirror. Because that's what we're doing here. When people often are upon this journey, I don't want to say just beginning it because it's often years of doing this journey, so many times it comes up like, oh my God, this is backwards. Doing spirit is like doing it backwards. Well, that's how it feels in this world that doing spirit is doing things backwards or it's a paradox. It seems contradictory. And true spirit is forwards in the way it really takes place. It's just living in this world of reflection. It's, it's like living by looking in the mirror and trying to do life according to the image in the mirror, rather than the truth of who we are and how it's done. That's why it's so confusing, and that's where the paradoxes lie. Is that where the paradoxes lie, as in rest, or is that where they lie to us, as in don't tell us the truth? Maybe it's both. So we have to be willing to look and to begin to learn the difference because eventually we'll see that we are not that mirror image and we'll begin to wonder who is that that's looking in the mirror? Who is that? It's strange because when we're inside of ourselves, we can't see ourselves. All we can see is by looking out and seeing the image. That's what makes it so darn challenging. And we're afraid to let go of the image because then we don't even have that reference point. And if we don't have some kind of reference point, well, how do we feel then? We feel lost, right? We feel like we're struggling. We feel like we're lost in the ocean and the ocean waves are just bouncing us around. We don't know where we're going or what's happening. And that's why we're afraid to let go of the image that we've been hanging on to. But that's where at some point it, it does take some faith and trust. To have faith and trust in yourself and in God that you'll be okay, that you'll make it through this, this too shall pass. some point, we've got to be willing to let go and allow ourselves to bounce around a little bit. There is a transition we go through or a transformation in truth, it's what takes place. But it's in that transition, transformation that we find so challenging. And that's where we need those stabilizers, those places and people that we can have that support 
But that's not what we really need. Those are just supports. We really need that inner connection, that inner awakening, that inner foundation with spirit. Because that's the only truth. The only true foundation is inside. That's the only thing we really need. The rest, yeah, it supports us. But the true need is always just simply within, in the divine. That's why it's key to always come back in the meditation to go in and up to the seat of the soul and there begin to awaken and to begin to anchor ourselves in the soul of who we are. When we've projected out into that mirror, in a sense, we anchored ourselves there. That's the attachment. We've grabbed hold. And it feels solid for a long time. But boy, when that begins to shake, it doesn't feel solid anymore. We just got so ingrained and enmeshed in it, we believed it was the truth and that solidness. What is it referred to in the Bible? The shifting sands? And eventually we need to find that rock. That's what we're talking about. That rock is not of this world, though. That rock is the spirit within. And so in this transition, know that we're just simply now letting go out here where we've been holding on. And then when we let go, well now in that is a freedom. There's a transition now in the letting go and the transformation is the turning around. The transformation of turning around and facing to God so that now we come back in. And now we begin to take hold of the soul that we are. And that is the action of the initiation that we speak of here. That action of the sacred name that God has given us to share with those souls that are ready to begin that action of returning home. That is the action in its simplicity. That that sacred name is that action of which we now begin to let go of the world and now take hold of the spirit that we are. That sacred name in our soul is our anchor, our new foundation, that rock upon which we can now build. But it does take time. That's probably the hardest part is the time that it takes for that transition or transformation of that letting go and turning away from because not only are we letting go of the world, but in that is all that's in the emotional world, in the imaginational world, in the mental worlds, even in the unconscious and subconscious worlds. It's a lot of letting go. That takes time to do that as it took time to connect and attach to it in the beginning. So it takes time to let go of it in the end. But just know what you're gaining. That takes time as well. It takes time to awaken to know that which we are gaining of spirit as we're letting go of that which is in the world. So in that transition, part of the reason it takes time is that in the gradualness, it gives us at least some level of stability in the sense of safety and confidence 
and taking these actions of letting go so we can let God and now anchor ourselves and attach ourselves to God within to turn around so that we begin to face the Creator rather than the reflection and that image we've been living in the world. Again, very simple. We can talk about it in a lot of different ways like we do. But it doesn't matter how we do it. It's the doing of it. So just realize, even in the simple action of meditation, when you close your eyes and begin that action of turning within, to just pay attention when all those different thoughts show up and feelings and fantasies and physical sensations. Let it all be okay. okay. Don't struggle with it. It's not a fight. It's simply a process of acknowledging, letting go. And I say that because often when it shows up, we'll go into resistance to push it away. That's denial. It's not until we're willing to look at it and acknowledge it that it begins to open itself up and release. That's why we need to acknowledge so that it does open. The truth will set you free. Well, sometimes the truth sounds like, oh my God, I'm really mad right now. I'm really upset. Well, that's the truth in the moment. No, it's not the great one truth of Spirit and God. It's the momentary truth of here's my experience. Right now I'm mad. Well, as soon as you acknowledge it, that truth of that acknowledgement now begins to open and set it free. And it's as simple as that. That's why in here all the time you hear me talk about confession and trying to get people to be honest and open in their communication. That's why I do it. Because I know anybody who's willing to get honest and open like that, you're going to set yourself free from all the things that have been creating the separation inside of you with God, that have been holding the door closed, and are not allowing you to awaken and experience the truth of who you are. These simple things, no matter how Jim and I talk about this all the time, today I'm trying to lay out the real simplicity of just the meditation, what goes on and how to do it. And even when we're not in meditation, of just even talking and communicating, the whole action of LAF and taking responsibility. Well, that's a lot of what I've learned to do in communication and the way I'm sharing about it now. Simply being willing to look and acknowledge what's going on, no matter what it is, will begin the process of setting us free. Whether it's just inside of yourself in meditation or any time of the day, or when you're communicating with another person. It's the same action, whether it's with yourself or somebody else. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you do it, that you acknowledge whatever it is inside of you and set yourself free from your struggle and resistance and denial that you no longer avoid, but you begin to participate because in that participation, the door opens to now allow that action of loving to unfold and awaken. It is an awakening, and in that awakening, there is an unfolding 
of your experience of that. That's the journey. Because when we open the door, right here we start. Right in the physical creation itself. When we begin the hue or the honor hue, it begins to open the door right here at the physical level. The seat of the soul. The action of initiation? Well, it's the other names of God beyond the seat of the soul. The action of initiation, we give the five names. Each name corresponds to the astral realm, the causal realm, the mental realm, the etheric realm, and into the soul realm. Yeah, thumbs up on that one. Soul realm. Oh, wow, four fingers that go out horizontally and one that goes vertically, the soul realm. That sacred name, those five names that make up the one sacred name, they deal with those other realms of consciousness in which the soul needs to travel through to become liberated and return home into the spiritual creation, beyond the physical creation. So the hue and anahue help us to open that door through the physical, and then when we're ready, we'll be given the rest of those names called getting initiated, when we're ready now to step through those other doors that reside in these other realms. This is the first door, though, we've got to begin to open and step through. Once we do that, God is right there. What we call the radiant form of the spiritual teacher is the Holy Spirit of God that resides right here waiting for us, right at the door, Knock and the door will be opened. And as the door is open, you will see that radiant form of the Holy Spirit. Whether it looks like a purple light or a blue, or myself or Jim, or a golden white light, doesn't matter. It is all the same. So that's where the real journey begins. And then we begin the greater journey beyond this physical. I don't care if you call it out-of-body experience or you're experiencing right in your body. It doesn't matter. It's a journey of awakening regardless of where you find yourself. It's a movement of spirit. But we do need the keys to open the other doors. Just like to open this door, this tenth door here in the physical. Well, there is a tenth door, a spiritual door in every realm. And we need keys to open doors. I know a lot of people would like to believe, well, the doors are always open. Well, in one way they are. The thing is, we just don't know it until we have the keys. We don't even know there's any doors, let alone any keys to open the doors. And how would we? How would we know? Unless there is someone to share that awareness. Well, that's the service of any spiritual teacher is to begin to share the awareness of these inner spiritual realms, of these doorways, and of these keys that open these doors. And so that's what we're doing here. Is sharing that awareness, the process of how it works, the doorways, the keys to open them, and the way by which we can now walk through it all. That's all we're doing here. Does that sound 
metaphysical, esoteric, mystical, woo-woo, wah-wah, wah-wah. Sounds just as practical as anything we do in the world. Did you lock your door when you left your house? Do you have to have a key to open it? Well, I got a digital key now. Well, that's all right. Doesn't matter. Still a door, still locked or unlocked. Same process. Because if you understand, we walk through those doors on our way down into this world from spirit. And just for safekeeping, maybe we lock those doors on our way down. And then when we're here, anybody ever get forgetful while they're here and maybe lose their keys or misplace them somewhere? Well, guess what? There's a key keeper. And when you're ready to find your keys, you'll find the key keeper, and the key keeper will give you your keys to you. Because really, they're yours. God's just holding them in a safe place until you're ready. Until you're ready. That's all it is. There's nothing any of us have to do to be worthy or to earn anything. It's just simply a process of when are we ready? What do we want to do? That's it. Ask and you shall receive. So when you're ready, just ask. Just ask. But being ready also means you really want it. If you're not done with this world yet and you still want to go experience more, then go do it. This pathway of soul liberation is not one of obligation or have to at all. It won't work that way. It's got to be done out of a place where we freely choose it because we truly desire and want it. It is known as the only true desire. And that is that desire for God often known as a longing. That longing, once that longing for God awakens within us, we will have the desire to return. And we will begin the journey of learning what we need to do in order for that return to take place. And that's what ILM is here doing. Those wanting to know how to return. That's it. That's it. So the only thing that's required is asking. When you ask, you can receive. And once you receive the keys, do with it whatever you want. Throw them away if you want. But why would you ask in the first place if that's what you're going to do? So if you're going to ask, why not take some responsibility and begin to utilize that which you've been given that you've asked for. So you can really now get the benefit and discover what comes with those keys. That's your responsibility, however. It is not mine or Jim's. We're not here to make anybody do anything we teach or share, even if we've initiated you. We're not here to boss you around, to control your lives, to tell you what you do. That's just not what we're here to do. It won't work that way. It's given freely, and it's up to you to freely choose to utilize what you've been given. You don't ever have to show up here again if you don't want. 
You can show up here all the time. It doesn't matter because it's not about the physical. These are the keys to the inner kingdom that Jesus talked about. The keys to the inner kingdom. And you can only utilize those within yourself. The nice thing is you can do that at any time, no matter where you're at. You don't have to be here in this room. You don't have to be sitting here listening to a talk. You can be meditating upon the sacred name. And in that meditation upon that name, those keys open the inner doors through all the different realms of consciousness so that your soul is free and clear to now travel from here all the way back up into the soul realm and into the heart of God. Anytime you want. Not because we say so, but because of the actions that you take. And not even because you say so. It's not about what anybody thinks or believes or says. It is simply by what we do. That's why we say this is a path of experience. And experience only comes from doing. You have to take action. Doing nothing gets you nowhere. Nice thing is with meditation, it doesn't look like we're doing anything. <laughs> then why do we get so worn out by meditating, especially like in a retreat? You know, when you do all the meditation, like, oh my God, all we did was sit around all day and I'm exhausted and I'm so hungry and blah, blah, blah. Yep, because we are doing a lot, just not on a physical level. And it takes energy. It's all movement of energy. Consciousness, loving, spirit, it's all a form of energy from one level to another level. And that energy transforms and transitions from one dimension to another, from one realm to another. But the energy that is always the same and does not change is the light of loving. And that's who we are. That never changes. The light of the Holy Spirit, God's loving, is the light of loving that we were made in. And that never changes. It is always one and the same, regardless, regardless of anything, and regardless of anywhere we find ourselves as that light of loving, even in this physical body, it does not matter. It does not change that light of loving of who we are. Get that clear. And this is a statement. For all those metaphysical people out there who say of transforming the soul, the soul does not transform. It is always the same. It is the consciousness of the imagination, the emotions, the mind, and the unconscious that can change and transform. That's the journey here. It's the journey of the soul that has always been one light of God. And that one light of God has simply traversed through these other realms. And those realms are always changing, are never permanent. So the only transformation of consciousness is not of the soul. It is of the physical consciousness. We, the soul, is always the same, and that is simply loving. And what we're doing in this action of meditation and initiation in the sacred name of God 
is simply awakening to the loving that we are. It just seems like we're transforming and it's a journey and all because that light of loving has been so clouded and buried through our thoughts and feelings and fantasies and the physical experience. That's all. In truth, we're not even transforming those levels. In truth, we're just letting go so that we really awaken to that light of loving that we are. So in that way, there's no change whatsoever. It's just, it's not the experience as it looks and appears this way. And this realm is a journey, an awakening, a transformation, a discovery. Things change. And that's the challenge, that's the distraction and where we get all caught up and disturbed because it creates a separation from the knowing and experiencing the truth of who we are as that one eternal light of loving that never changes. That's the game here. The game is ever-changing and that's what causes us so much confusion because once we figure out the game, then all of a sudden the game maker called Cal Engine or Lucifer, the creator of this world of reflection, changes the game because he can. Makes it more confusing, ever keeping us on our toes. That's why you don't need to try to figure out the game. There's nothing to figure out here. It's going to always be changing. The mirrors are going to be moving around and the reflections. That's why all you need is that one point of focus on that light of loving. And all you have to do is keep coming back to that and holding to it and holding to it and returning back to it. Come present, come present. In and up, in and up. So all you have to do is keep coming back to that. And every time you do, you're right there. And then another game drops away. Another illusion drops away. Another karma is fulfilled. And that's it. Until eventually there's no more games. We've learned the lessons. We've fulfilled the experience. And all, that, all that's left is that eternal light of loving of who we are. And until then, until we truly awaken and know just that one light that we are, it is simply that journey through these games and this maze of this world and all the things that distract us from that one light. That's all it is. And so the meditation, the sacred name, the initiation is simply the action by which we can let go of all the games. That's called the liberation so that the soul can once again just be that light of loving what it's all about. All the rest, the games are the mystical, magical, hocus-pocus, smoke and mirrors. Phenomenal experiences, amazing sights and sounds. It's incredible. There's no question about it. And you can understand why it's so easy to get distracted and why all the metaphysical and esoteric. It's so funny because that's what I was all into for years and years. 
And I still like some of it. It's kind of fun. But eventually you realize it's just all part of the game. And at some point, we have to let go of that and just come back to that one place of simplicity in which that one light of loving resides. And that's what we call game over.